Welcome to the Lucky Let Court Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. I'm your host, Chris Otto, so thrilled to be with you on the day before Wimbledon at SW19. Things are very calm around the grounds. Not many people are left. It's the early evening, and of course, first ball is tomorrow at Wimbledon. Day one will kick off at 11 a.m. on the outer courts and 1 p.m. at center court and number one court. You guys can kick over to TennisNow.com to check out the order of play and the day one preview over there. But for now, here on the podcast, we want to get to a very special guest. His name is Patrick Muradoglu, the founder of the Muradoglu Tennis Academy, the coach of Serena Williams. And today we spoke on the grounds of Wimbledon, talked a little bit about his academy, which has been in the south of France since 2016. He has an incredible setup there. 200 student athletes are at this academy full time. There's a lot of things uh, the average fan probably doesn't know about this academy and what Patrick is doing for tennis over there. He's got uh, the number one program for U.S. college placement in all of Europe. He's got 35 full-time tennis and fitness coaches on board, 15 teachers for the school there, and 130 employees. There is a lot going on at Patrick's Academy. We were very fortunate to catch up with him today to speak about the Academy, also about his players, Serena Williams, of course, and there's 15-year-old Coco Goff. There's uh, the Aussie qualifier, Alexei Poprin. Of course, Stefano Tsitsipas spends a lot of time at the academy. He has an extended role for Patrick. Um, so very thrilled to speak about those players and also touched a little bit on Marcos Bagdadis and what the lovable Cypriot means to Patrick Muradoglu and how he helped him develop when he was just a young coach breaking into the industry. So lots to talk about. Let's get straight into this interview right now. Wow, special day today. I'm sitting beside Patrick Muradoglu, um, man that really needs no introduction. He is the founder of the Patrick Muradoglu Tennis Academy, a sprawling, beautiful facility in the south of France. He's also, oh, by the way, the coach of Serena Williams, 23-time major champion. Uh, they've been working together since 2012. She's won 10 major titles in that time, all of which came after the age of 30. Hello, Patrick. Pleasure Hello. to speak with you. Very nice to be with you, too. Beautiful day here on the day yep. before Wimbledon. Beautiful. Beautiful and not too hot. Yesterday was incredibly hot. Today's better. Yeah, it's very nice. Kind of cooled down a little bit. So, um, again, pleasure to speak with you. This is a great thrill. I want to start with a little bit talking about your academy. I understand that you have 200 full-time students there um, at the academy as well as uh, just a, a massive team of coaches, physical trainers. Can you just take me a little bit about the evolution of the academy since you moved to the south of France? I think it was 2016? Exactly. We were in Paris before. Uh, I started my academy in 1996 yes. with an idea that uh, at that time was very different. And the idea was this one. I thought that every player deserved a uh, something really adapted to him or her uh, and at that time the i would say that most of the tennis academies and the federations they were totally into a different way to coach people they were thinking let's create a system and the players has to have to fit in the system and i thought no that's wrong we have to create a system that fits to the people and that's what i did in 1996 i had a lot of success with players and then the academy grew year after year and at some point, the academy was too small, um, so we decided to move. Also, uh, it was a good moment to think about it because uh, 
I thought it's a moment to invest for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Where is the best place to be? Uh, I wanted to stay in Europe uh, because when you're European, I think it's difficult to move to other places to live. And I love France and the south of France is just a dream. Yes. And I moved my academy to next to Nice and Cannes, where the Cannes Festival Film Festival is. Mm. Uh, it's 15 minutes from the airport, which is the second biggest airport in France, an international airport. We're in the French Riviera, which is probably one of the top spots of Europe for holidays. It's absolutely beautiful. The weather is incredible. We play outdoor all year. And I could buy a place that is big enough to fit all our projects. And our main activity, we have two main activities, we have several others, but two main are first a program for players all year, which includes, of course, the school, school, tennis and uh, fitness and everything um, and housing, of course. And we started that a uh, long time ago. And the idea is to bring young people to success, whether it's in tennis or in life in general. And we work actually with all the American universities. Uh, we, 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 we get scholarships for our players, for the ones who are not going to become pros or maybe will try but later. Uh, and we send a lot of pros on, on tour also with, uh, with a lot of success in the past. Right. And the second thing is the, 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 the camps and the summer camps. Uh, we have 3,500 campers per year. We'll probably have 4,000 this year actually. Mm -hmm. um, but we, even though we're big in terms of uh, numbers, we always find a way to have one coach for four players to have to be able to do something that is really individualized for each player. Some intimacy. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Um, so you're the number one program now um, for for U.S. college play placement in in Europe. Yep, we are. How quickly did that happen for you guys? You know, I'm doing this job for uh, now 23 years, so <laughs> that didn't happen that quick. But it's okay. Uh, that's something that I always wanted to do to be able to do really well in our program. And doing really well, it's not that easy because you have to do well on the tennis, you have to do well in the fitness, you have to do well with the school. Yeah. Uh, and we have the responsibility of those kids and I think uh, I want to give them all the chances to succeed. Yeah. So it took time. Uh, I think today we have the best program. Uh, just, just look at the results in terms of tennis, look at the results in terms of um, college placement and, and you, you see we're number one everywhere uh, because also we've been very focused for the, the last 23 years. Yeah, fantastic. And, and just to give our listeners an idea of how just how big the place is, 35 coaches on staff, 15 teachers for the schools and another 130 employees. So that's uh, pretty it's maxed a, out, everything the, that a young guy could want. Yeah, and it's, it's a big resort. We also have a hotel on site, 155 rooms, four stars. We just built uh, wow. a, a building with a, with a lot of apartments. We have 62 apartments on site also. We have paddle, we have uh, four swimming pools, uh, 34 courts, two gyms. And we're building now an office building also on site. Oh. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's for Europe, it's really a, a very, very big resort. For the US, maybe not as big because you're used to very large uh, uh, resource but for us it's really big did you take any uh, inspiration from Nick Balateri back in the days and what he was able to do in Florida first I love Nick I think he's an incredible person um, what he's achieved I'm uh, I have a lot a lot of respect for him and for everything he has achieved I think uh, 
I mean, we both have our own f philosophy. We're, we're different. Uh, we, we, we get along really well. But I think each academy has the philosophy of its uh, creator, its founder, its founder. So I think we are very different from IMG Academy. Uh, but the great thing is there are different offers on the market and each player has the chance to find something that fits him well. And I think it's great that there are different offers, different philosophies. Uh, and we are all very professionals, whether it's us, Rafa, IMG. Right. Every, everybody's professional in a different way and it's great for the players. Mm -hmm. And one of the, I took some inspiration from part of your story, which was that back in the day when you were a player who dreamt about being in the sport, you had to make a very tough decision between family and between tennis. You chose family. You worked in your father's business, am I correct? And that was a bit of a heartbreaker for you to leave the game for a while, but you had the passion for the sport to come back to it, and now you're here to stay, obviously. So how, how, did, how does that decision you made and how it turned out kind of inform who you are as a person and what your academy does to, with its students? Uh, that was a key moment in my life <clears throat> and uh, I have to say that uh, this decision to quit tennis when I was 15, 16 years old was more, uh, created a lot of frustration, like an incredible frustration and I explained in my book that even the, the worst feelings and frustration is a terrible feeling can be a, an incredible motor and can end up being something very positive and I think to me this frustration was the key to give me the motivation to do and to achieve what everything I have achieved in the last 25 years. So in a way, uh, you know, if you're able to turn out even a negative feeling into something that can be powerful to you, uh, that's great. And I think that's, uh, that's a good lesson for in life. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize that. But now that I'm a bit older, I know that this frustration was what made me do and achieve everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. And uh, you worked under Bob, Bob Brett. Would that be the proper way to say it back in your early days in Paris or, or together with him? Yeah, I mean, in a way, I was uh, under him and over also. I was over because I hired him, but, uh, but he, was, he was a great coach and mm -hmm. I was nothing. So... He kind of taught me the job. Right. I hired him because I wanted the academy to have his name right. because I was nobody in tennis. Okay. And, and I thought that I needed a big name in order to convince young, good players to come to my academy. Yes. So I hired him and uh, I also I, I kind of paid for his name and I hired him for 50 days a year. Uh, and we had a great relationship and he was, he's been kind enough to, uh, to bring me on the tennis court so many times and he was ex excited to show me stuff. So he kind of taught me my job, yeah, for sure. And then you made another tough decision because you broke away from Bob Brett because you wanted autonomy and that was another important decision in your career, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can say that I, yeah, I stopped with him because there was no other option at some point because things were going wrong. Uh, and it, as you said, it was very tough because we had a, such a strong relationship. Um, and I had no other option than to stop. And I, I thought at that time it's terrible because I invested in his name for six years because the academy's name was Bob Brett Academy. And I started from scratch again mm -hmm. after six years. So and that's when I took the decision to put my name because I thought otherwise I will never create a brand. If, if, if people live, I mean, there is no way I'm going to create a brand. 
I'm the only one who's not going to live. <laughs> right. I'm getting a feel for your brand, right? I was sitting up there in the media pavilion seeing a lot of Murata Glue t-shirts walk by, one with Alexei Poprin, who's a player I'd like to yeah. chat with you about, actually. But um, before we get to some of your current players, and there are many of them that I would love to speak about, we've only got five minutes, by the way, so we're going to have to squeeze this in. But I wanted to go back to Marcos Bagdadis. It's his last career, the last tournament of his career here at Wimbledon, and I know that you guys shared a very important part of his career. I wonder if you could take me back and tell me a little bit of what Marcos means to you and what that experience of being with him during his, the best moments of his career were like. Yeah, he was like a son to me because he came to, uh, to my tennis academy when he was 13 and a half years old. The academy was small at that time. We didn't have many players. I was very close to him. I was actually driving him every morning. He was living at, uh, at some people's uh, apartment that I found for him and I was picking him up every morning, bringing him into the academy. We had all these talks every morning. We were incredibly close and uh, one day I became uh, his coach. Um, so we shared a lot of things <clears throat> from 13 years old to world champion and juniors. And then at 20 years old, he reached the final of a Grand Slam against uh, Roger. He lost uh, in four sets to Roger, reached the semis in Wimbledon the same year, became top 10 in the world. Uh, so we went a long way, it's probably around eight years together, uh, and he was a kid. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and I explained in the book that uh, it didn't end well between us, um, and I take the full responsibility because I was much older, uh, I had not much experience, and, uh, and I learned a lot from that. I mean, I, it was very painful for me because, again, he was like a son, and to have this relationship uh, uh, kind of... Yeah, we lost kind of, kind of our relationship. It was very painful, but I realized that I, that in my job I should not put too much emotions. Uh, and when I have emotions, you have to be able to step back. And uh, I mean, I, it, it taught me a lot of things it about did, my right? job. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you won't be close with him now as you watch his last performance here at Wimbledon. But will a part of you be emotional and and reflect on some of these memories you guys have? Oh, for sure. For sure, he was. He was. First of all, he was my first player who really did something big. He, thanks to him, Muratoglu Academy became famous uh, all around the world because when a player reaches a Grand Slam final, the, I mean, he's seen all over the world, and uh, he did a lot for the academy. So uh, this I will always remember, and I think our destinies are kind of together. Linked. You know, they're linked. So. Yeah. Of course, when he's going to retire, he's going to be. Uh, he's going to feel very strange and, for sure, very emotional. And if we, if if we have a few more time for a few more questions, I would love to chat about this 15-year-old phenom, Coco Goff, who's the youngest Wimbledon qualifier in the Open era. She's been training at the academy with you for a while. You must be incredibly proud of what she's done already. For sure, uh, the first time she came to my academy, uh, she was 10 years old, and I've, I remember how impressed I was with her qualities. And her potential, and I thought, wow, if things are done right, she can she can become incredible. Uh, not that she is incredible already, but she has already achieved a lot in a in a very short period. She won a Grand Slam in juniors at 14 years old, but she also made history at 13 and a half when she reached the final of the U.S. Open in juniors. She was the youngest in the Open era, so she's 15. She's broken a few, a few records already, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that she plays against Venus here first round is a dream come true for her because Venus is her idol, so is Serena, but they are the reason why they started playing tennis. She started playing tennis, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so when she saw the draw, uh, you have no idea how happy she was. Oh good, she should be happy. Oh yeah, that, that's, 
that's why those players play tennis. Uh, they want to be. They want to be on. She wants to be on big courts. She want to. She want to play against the top players, and hopefully one day she hopes to win a Grand Slam yeah. or one would be already certainly, great. Certainly has the potential. And another player with a lot of potential, the Aussie, Alexei Popperin. Can you talk sure. a little bit about him and his chances sure. here at Wimbledon? Sure. I mean, uh, same. We were working together for a few years. He won Ryan Garros in juniors two years ago. Um, I think he has a big, big game. He's tall. He has big serve, big forehand, great hands. He loves to come to the net. I think uh, grass is a good surface for him. Same, he's going very fast. He was uh, one year and a half ago. He was 600 in the world. He was. So that, that's uh, again, he's, he's rising fast in the rankings, which is a very good sign. Uh, great guy, super personality. Uh, I love him. We have a great group, like, and I think that everybody's uh, helping each other. You know, the fact that Stefanos Tsitsipas went up so fast helped also Paparin. Now it's Coco who's coming, and I feel like everybody's going to pull the other ones up. We have also Moleker, who's great. Okay. He forgot to uh, to so uh, many names. Yeah, Moleker is 18 years old and he qualified both in the, the Australian Open, where he was the youngest in the draw and in Rangaros. Wow. And he, this one is going to be good too. Very Another good. Talented. And Stefanos, you mentioned. I mean, this is just a wildly talented young player with so much personality. Um, made the second week here at Wimbledon in his debut last year. Do you expect better things from him? And also about his role at your academy. He's not just a player there. He's also got a, a sort of a mentor role with you. Sure, right? he's, he's the godfather of he's the, the tennis. Tennis and school program, and uh, yeah, but he's, he's such a nice person. He, he, he loves to give back already to people. Uh, he's very kind. Of course, he's very focused on his career, but he likes to give. Um, of course, we expect him to do well. He is one of the only young guys who uh, can say that he beat Roger in a Grand Slam. He beat Rafa on clay. He beat Novak in a Masters 1000, but also beat Zverev, Dominic Thiem several times. So he can play. He can play great tennis, but you know how difficult it is to win a Grand Slam and beat two out of the three greatest players of all time, which is the minimum you have to beat to win here. You know how incredibly difficult it is. And you know at the Open he could beat Roger, but then he lost to Rafa. You know, beat, to beat those guys back to back is one of the probably one of the toughest thing in the history of the sport yeah. because those guys are the biggest ever and they're still playing their best is stefanos one of those players that we're not going to be able to figure out which surface he's best on because he's so good on all of them that will be a good problem to have <laughs> isn't it <laughs> yeah i think he's his game fits all surfaces um and i'm totally unable to tell you if he wins a grand slam which one will be the first one because he's able to play well and to figure out how to win because it's more about that and I think that's his greatest quality. Since I know him, I was impressed by his ability to win. He's a great competitor. He's the kind of player who figures out how to win. So it doesn't work all the time. But I've seen him beat uh, a lot of guys uh, that I think were better than him tennis-wise at that time. Mm -hmm. And that's why he rises so fast in the rankings. But yeah, he's able to play well in all surfaces. He figures out how to win on, on different surfaces. My last question, if I may, I read one of your quotes back to you that came, came out in the New York Times about Serena and her difficult quarter of the draw. You said, I think it's bad luck for them. Your take on this crazy quarter of the draw and Serena going into Wimbledon. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with myself. I said it and I mean it. <laughs> um, I, if I was a player on the women's draw, I wouldn't like to be in the same part of the draw as Serena. 
So I think it's bad luck. Mm. Sounds good to me. Thanks for your time, Patrick. It was a pleasure. have it special thanks to patrick Muradoglu for joining us uh, that was just an incredible honor to speak with him it's the first time i've ever spoken with him very cool and hopefully we can do it again soon you guys uh, check out the uh, Muradoglu tennis academy website to learn more about it and of course keep an eye on all his players over the fortnight at wimbledon for those of you that are listening for the first time i want to let you know you guys can find us on itunes you just uh, open your Apple Podcasts app, type in Lucky Light Cord Podcast. You can also find us on Spotify, on Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can also find Tennis Now on social media. You go to Facebook, find us at facebook.com slash tennis now. At Twitter, you find us at, at tennis underscore now. You can hit us up on Instagram. You can find this podcast homepage at podomatic.com. There's lots of different ways to get in touch, and we'd be thrilled if you do. And if you stop by iTunes, you can rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to us. Special thanks to everybody for listening. So excited to take you into day one of Wimbledon and looking forward to spending this fortnight with all of you. Enjoy the tennis. We'll be back before day two.